Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Turn your neighbor and say, don't get shy on me now. What a great song that is. Hey, are you good? You still, oh, some of you are going to get used to hearing English spoken properly. Are you? This is how English actually sounds properly. Okay. I don't know why you guys all sound so funny. So, uh, but it's so wonderful to be with you. It's always wonderful to be with you. And uh, we had such, I've never had such a, a drama to, in getting here, but now I can understand why, because I really know that God has something up his sleeve for this morning. Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't it good to know that God always has a plan? If you ever, you know, one of the best ways to be a stand-up comedian in heaven, <laughs> if you want to do that gig, is to actually say, "Lord, I have a plan," and He will just He will buckle him over in, in laughter. But God, God has a plan for you. Isn't that wonderful to know? <laughs> oh man. I, can, I feel like I want to pray for so many of you, but I'm going to, I, I better preach, hey, because that's probably what they paid me for. So, well, I think, I don't know if I'm going to get paid yet. So, <laughs> but I want you to put your hand over your heart and let's, let's pray. I want you to say this after me. Dear Father God, speak to my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And again, I want to really honour your pastors, great friends of mine. It seems, it seems kind of weird to be in the same room together. You know, um, we talk a lot and I'm so excited about even what Joel was sharing with you about the vision that God has for you to go and plant churches. I'm onto Joel all the time. Why aren't you planting churches? And so you accidentally planted one <laughs> in Japan, which is, you know, quite outstanding. But let me tell you something. One of, the most, one of the most unreached people groups in the world is Japan. Isn't that crazy? But the average size of a church in Japan is, I think, is about 20 people, you know. So here you go, bonsai, you know. <laughs> so it'll be crazy. And uh, I'm excited for you to do that. And uh, I, I, let me say, I'll just start having words. I may as well just pull the trigger now, hey. Is this, even this, like um, this morning, last night, I don't know where I am. And I had this, uh, I, I saw when I was praying last night, it was funny, even though, even during the prayer meeting, it came out. You, you know, for many of you, it feels like you're in this, and particularly the Lowrys, it's like it feels like I'm going in circles. I'm going, I keep doing this, I keep doing this, I keep doing this. You know, I keep building, I keep building, and going around in a circle. But is, has anybody felt like that? Like I keep going around in circles. <laughs> but it all makes sense if you realise you're building a lighthouse. Oh, no, I got so excited I couldn't sleep then. <laughs> what am I doing, God? You're building a lighthouse, you idiot. Can you say that? Yeah, can you call? It's an endearing, if we call you idiots, Karen won't, but Trevor will. But um, it's an endearing. If an Australian makes fun of you, it's a very endearing thing, Okay. Noted, okay? And if you get offended, now you're going to be a target of it. <laughs> so don't be offended, okay, Natalie? You understood. You, you responded really well this morning. It was good. And uh, yeah, Leprechaun, a little, yeah, Texas 
Oompa Loompa or whatever you are, you know? <laughs> it's not going to hey, Anyway, Jesus loves short people. Amen. Oh, man, I've got to get out. It's, it's like you're building a lighthouse. Isn't that good? And so, you know, sometimes we don't understand in the, in the process of life that God is doing something. And we're part of the process because it's His story, not ours. We are, it's so hard for us Westerners to realise that the narrative of our life is not us-centred. It's Jesus-centred. It's all about Him. And life only makes sense when you make Him the centre, when we move out and we make our life about Him and making Him look great. Come on, because we're all wondering, oh, okay, I'm going to go there. I didn't think I was going to preach on this, but probably someone needs to hear this, is that we're all like, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my destiny? Let me tell you straight up, your purpose could not be any greater than what Jesus's is. Could I say yes? Would you agree with me? Okay, that's good. You can't. So there's nothing more. And Jesus says, it's for this purpose I have come, to glorify the Father. So there's nothing you can do. Let me tell you something. If you can, who, who reckon you could make Jesus look good today? Oh, okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of work to do. Okay. Who reckons there's something, some, wait, the attitude that you have towards the, the, you know, where you're going to get lunch, the attitude that you're going to have towards packing up, the, the attitude you have in your, the traffic on the way home, your attitude when you walk in the house. Is that true? Who, who knows that that attitude alone can make Jesus look good? Amen. See, because we all think the purpose of God is somewhere over the rainbow. It's somewhere out there and I've yet to get to my purpose. No, it starts now by just you believing that God is in what you are doing and just your attitude of gratefulness and of joy and of loving your neighbour and even more so really loving your enemy. <laughs> How could you guys have enemies? But is that true? See, we're all waiting for some spectacular thing to happen for us to enter. No, nah, no, nah, because it's not about making you spectacular. It's about making him spectacular. Is that true? And when you realise that, you'll have so much more life and fulfilment when you realise that it's actually not about you. <laughs> mm. I know. It's hard to hear, isn't it? But it's the truth. <laughs> Let me give you a testimony. Uh, I had a friend of mine who planted a church, an Aussie guy planted a church in Los Angeles. Not in Los Angeles, like Hollywood, kind of that upper part of Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Where the, and I've, I've been there, like the, the, the wealthy, wealthy's kids just drive around everywhere in Ferraris that are customised and it's crazy, you know. The rich of the rich of your nation have their holiday homes there. So my friend decided he was going to preach. He, he, he noticed something. He started to preach about God's purpose for people and how God wanted to be. Who knows that's true, that God has a plan for you? Come on. And he wants to help you and he wants to give you. And it was interesting. He says, when I preached that, everybody leant forward. But then I changed and I started to talk about laying down your life, sacrificing, living for others, and everybody would go to sleep. Like folded their arms, leant back. 
So he switched it back. Let's talk about God blessing you, God being there for you. And everybody woke up. So you're not going to do that to me this morning. <laughs> Come on. Come on, let's wake up. Okay, we were all singing. We're going to lay down our life. Come on. You were right. I was in the room. You were all singing it. And so and I want to share something. I want you to turn your, in your Bibles. Who remembers when you used to say that and you could hear the, the sound of paper rustling? You're old, you know. It says this in Matthew 18, 18. Matthew 18, 18. Jesus says, you know what? Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That's huge. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you understand that we have a direct, we can actually expect, we affect, can affect the atmosphere of heaven by what you do here. That you can make things happen here and there. And you've got to understand that we, I, I, I believe even for myself, we're living way below what's possible in us being able to shift things and change things. True? And let me really, let me really say this. And I, you know, I'm going to pray for some people and it's amazing. And I know that God uses us, Susie and I, in a, an amazing way like that. But let me tell you something. It's not about getting a word from Muzz today. It's actually not about that. It's actually, if anything, if Jesus could use me, he can definitely use you. Okay? And if I can have words for people, man, you could so have good words for people. Okay? Anybody who knows me goes, he's telling the truth, you know? It's like, and, 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 and I want to say this, what, what you, what you release over your life, Come on. So you're waiting for someone to come and, you know, give you a dab or anoint you or touch you or do something abracadabra over you. But I've learned this. The best word you'll ever get is from you to you. Let me tell you something. There's a, I'm not, it's not a sexist thing or anything like that. It's just a principle that why do you think Satan came to Eve to tempt her with what, did God really say that? Because he kind of had a legitimate error because he, Eve wasn't there when he said that. Is that true? He couldn't say to Adam, did God say? <laughs> no, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly what God said. So I can tell you right now, if, you, you, if you're a believer, you actually truly know what God's will is for your life. You really know when it's God and you know when it's not God. Is that true? Inside every believer is the divine, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Turn to your neighbour and go, uh-huh. Boys, this is your big opportunity, uh-huh. And who knows, the other divine... Uh-uh. Now girls turn back to him and go, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. The divine uh-huh and the divine uh-uh. I've gotten around the world on my divine uh-huh and on my divine uh-uh. It's not that difficult. And so 
In James chapter 5 and verse 16, James very interestingly quotes Elijah. And he says this in verse 17, Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like us. But he prayed and he received supernatural answers. <laughs> he actually shut the heavens over the land so it would not rain for three and a half years. Matthew 18, 18. What have you bind on earth, Shelby? Can you see what I'm getting to? So it's like bind the heavens. It's not going to rain. And it's going to change the whole economy. We're just going to get God's attention. Or sorry, we're going to get people's attention right now. We're going to turn something off. See, what I'm really wanting to encourage you that, listen to me, listen to me. He, he, Elijah what? Is a man like us. He prayed once and he shut the heavens. Are you hearing me? Come on. Like, have you, we need to really step into prayer like we've never done before. And it's not the amount of prayer that we do, I've learned this, it's the amount of faith that we have in our prayer. Is that true? Even more so, the amount of faith we have in the God that we are praying to. Come on. And let me tell you something, I think a lot of the stuff that we put up with is because we haven't shut it off. And a lot of the things we're not receiving is because we haven't turned it on. And we're, and we're waiting for some prophet to come and turn it off or turn it on for us. But I'm trying to... I'm trying to encourage you that I wouldn't... To me, the people who have the most faith are the people who never have ever had a prophetic word and continue to follow God and believe God and see miracles when you've never, ever gotten a word. Come on, sister. That's, got, that's a person with faith. It's not... It's, and believe me, all, all you need to be able to do is pray. And all you need to do is, well, what? Sometimes I workshop with, the, you know, church leaders. Well, sometimes I do it all the time. But it's kind of like, well, what, what don't you want to, in the last, let me ask you this, in the last 12 months, what don't you want to see any more of? Is it sickness? Is it mental health? Is it anxiety? We've all got something that, man, I do not want to have a repeat of that. True? Well, then turn it off. And in the last 12 months, because let me tell you something, those things are already a pattern in your life. They're already showing up. They're already doing that. And sometimes we put up with a lot that we shouldn't be putting up with. Is that true? You know, like... <laughs> like, we, like, we, like you think, like, um, Australia is famous for flies. It's called the Australian salute. <laughs> <laughs> Can you all do it? That's it. I think you probably can do it in Texas, can you? Oh, it's mosquitoes here. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? what we, you know, we kind of figure out that we don't need to actually put up with that because you can put fly screens. You have fly screens here? I think I've seen, I've been through a few. Fly screens, you can spray. Is that true? There's some things that you can do to actually shut those little things down that you can do all you can 
to almost have a fly-free environment. You could pray all you like, but I'd put fly screens in. You can try and bind the devil all you like. Let me say it that way. But what if you were to just shut him down? Well, you understand like what I'm saying? It was like, why put up with sickness when you could stop sickness before you even got sick? It's probably a better way of saying it. Just saying. See, I think a lot of stuff that we put up in our, in our own lives, in the lives of our family, the lives of our churches, the lives of our nation, is because we just don't turn it off. The other thing is, we don't really ever turn it on what needs to be turned on to. If you go to, if you look at this whole story that it's in 1 Kings 17, and I really don't want to read the whole thing other than, Elijah all of a sudden appears on the scene to confront a king called Ahab and his witchy-poo wife, Jezebel. And that's a whole story in itself. And literally all he does is draw the... He, he says, right, um, Ahab, I'm going to get your attention. And he, almost in the first couple of verses, he goes, I'm going to pray and it's not, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Who knows? That's faith. He just randomly comes up with, and you've got to understand that God will work with your creativity. God will work with your voice. God will work with what upsets you, like what even Pastor Joel was saying before about what gets you upset. Maybe that's God is behind getting you upset so that you will start working towards something. Sometimes, honestly, we don't do anything until it really gets annoying. Is that true? We kind of will put up with stuff. That's what I mean. We put up with flies when you don't need to. We put up with stuff. Sickness, we don't need to. We put up with poverty, we don't need to. We put up with anxiety, we don't need to. We put up with insecurity, don't need to. We put up with gossip, don't need to. Put up with comparison, don't need to. You need to shut it down. Yeah? And so Elisha goes, okay, I'm going to get your attention now. Turn the water off. And the whole thing goes into famine within months. Can you imagine it? And then he then he draws this line in the sand because everybody's worshiping this demonic thing called Baal, and he makes a competition, and he says, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna have a competition. We're gonna go onto Mount Carmel, and we're gonna both build an altar, and we're both gonna get an ox each. We're gonna slaughter it. We're gonna put it on the the altar, and which whoever's God answers by fire is the true and living God. You all know the story." Okay, they cut themselves. And it's very interesting, you ask me, because, you know, sometimes, because I used to hear preachers and I grew up with hearing, you know, God, that fire falls on sacrifice. Is that true? But if you hear the story, the, 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 and it's inter- the, the prophets of Baal, they cut themselves, they, they sang and danced all day. They actually, if you want to really look at it, Sacrifice more as far as effort goes 
that God isn't a rewarder of effort. He's a rewarder of faith. Oh, you got it. They're getting their hey, Joel. Hey, hey. You, you know. They're a rewarder of what? Yeah. Are they a rewarder? He's not a rewarder of effort. He's a rewarder of faith. That's why, if you like, people like Elijah, and that's what James is trying to encourage believers, is like, listen to me. It's like, do you know there are some people that, do you know that there's probably people in this room that you would definitely, definitely want them to pray for you because you're probably going to get an answer? Uh, hopefully there are some people in this room, hopefully in the team and <laughs> Pastor Steve, and, you know, there are some people, and there are some people that you definitely do not want them to pray for you. Yeah? Don't point to them, don't, you know. But that's true, isn't it? There are some people, when they pray, they get an answer. Come on. Well, that's, that's, what, we're, that's what he's saying. Come on. Come on, whatever excuse you've got up, because if you look at Elijah's life, he was very insecure. You know, he could, he could call down fire, which is very impressive. Okay? But that's, it's interesting, but that's not what James points to. We Pentecostals, we preach that story all the time about calling down fire, but it's not what James talks about. James talks about being able to make it rain. It's great to have a church that's on fire, amen, but that's actually expected. Come on. Let's come on. Man, your worship is amazing. Man, I could actually see the angels sitting back and letting you guys have, a, have, a, have at it. Man, these guys, they're, they're literally going, they're, not, they're going good this morning. Let's just let them, let them have a go. You know? That's pretty impressive. If you can shut angels down, that's pretty impressive. And that's what you're doing. Go Nathan and the team, you know? That's really impressive, you know? So you can, you can, you're on fire. Like you can't get any more on fire than what you are. To ask, you know, it's like, anyway, you, you get my point. You're on fire, but what God's called you to do is to bring rain. See, unless, unless churches are being planted, unless, where are we? San Marcos and New Bromfields or Hill Country, is this what this region is called? Unless Hill Country is transformed, you could burn all you like. But unless you can make it rain here, oh, I'm getting excited now. Unless you can make it rain here, you're just going to burn away. And, the, and everybody out there can go, yeah, yeah, they burn. And we all go, yeah, we burn. We're Pentecostal. Like, yeah, but everybody's, you know, the people get divorced, people dying of cancer, there's people, you know, in poverty, there's, you know, Slave traders run up and down that Highway 35 while you all burn here. Are you hearing me? You need to be able to step into situations and make it rain for others. Come on, you've got to step in and make it rain. I just want to drop a few things on there and you can, I don't know, Joel or Pastor Steve or, Lauren or someone will fix this later. But I just want to, let me just, just kind of make it a little bit, let me, let me just raise a few points and you can, you know, like they asked me before, like, have you got any, you know, slides or have you got any scriptures? Oh, I wish. 
I kind of have, yeah. But let me, let me, let me get this. I was actually probably proud of myself, but if, if you hear this, that I got last, I sort of looked at this last night and wrote down some thoughts, <laughs> captured them. And if you look at the first part, this is what God's going to do for you. Are you, are you going to listen to me? You're building a lighthouse, but this is what God, this is a word for each and every individual, Okay. So if I, if I don't give you an individual word after I finish this, this is your word anyway, okay? The first thing is that you're going to see his provision. Elijah saw his provision. Is that true? He saw his provision. And God, God is amazing like that. God is so good at providing. Is that true? And so if you know that God is a provider, why aren't you giving? Why aren't you generous? Yeah, ouch. But do you know what I mean? Like, I'm loaded. I tell people all the time, oh, let me pay, I'm loaded. <laughs> i got no idea how much money I have <laughs> or how much money we don't have. It's really irrelevant because it's not about me. It's, not, it's about him. Is that true? And all, and all he ever promises is that you'll have enough always to do what you need to do now. Is that true? So and if you look, so he had ravens come and feed him. Is that true? Meat and, so he gets roadkill in the morning and roadkill at night and he gets bread and he has that and he's sustained. So every, while everybody else is starving to death and if there is an economic crisis happening around the world, amen, it probably won't touch you. <laughs> okay. And then of course, and this is, oh, I don't know, I want to get into it too much, but I'm just sort of skimming over. But the Lord says to Elijah, okay, there's enough of this, I'm going to send you to Zarephath to a widow and I've told her to feed you. But when you read next, Elisha finds this widow and she's got no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Anyway, we won't go into the theology of that. But God provided, is that true? Remember the, the flour and the oil did not run out. Every day there was enough to do whatever she wanted. And it says it fed her, her life, and Elijah and her son and her whole household. Are you you, you can understand this, so as a church, you're about to you'll always have provision. Stop squealing. You'll always you'll always always say always. always. You'll oh, oh, that's a good always, okay. <laughs> you'll always have provision. You'll always have provision. It's amazing. The second thing is that you're gonna you're gonna see his provision, you're gonna see his power. Elijah could raise people from the dead. Come on. Any volunteers? If you raise if I die and you raise me from the dead, I'll be so angry with you. You need to do that to an unbeliever, not to a believer. <laughs> Is that true? So you're going to see his provision. He's going to say, I've got peas going here. I'm so proud of myself. You're going to see his provision. You're going to see his power. The second thing that God, the the third thing that God is going to reveal to you is in verse 13, he says he's going to reveal his presence. And you already have that. But it's not, if you read through the scripture, and I can't go, he goes, he goes to Mount Sinai and there's a wind, and God was not in the wind. 
there was a fire and God wasn't in the fire. There's thunder and lightning and he wasn't in that. All the spectacular that we Pentecostals pursue. But God was in the still, small voice. Can you hear it? Do you know his voice? In the middle of all sorts of chaos, in the middle of tribulation, in the middle of pain, in the middle of confusion, but do you still know his voice? Can you still recognize his presence? Yeah? You don't need praise and worship. You, got, you know, they're an amazing team, but this is really just celebrating. But when you go out there, it, whatever you do in work, do you, do you know his presence? <laughs> like Susie says, and I was telling someone, like the team, like Susie, my wife, who says hi to you all, goes, don't ask Mars whether the service was good or not because he's got no idea. Because he's always, it's always good to him. <laughs> His presence. Like, this is great. What you did is great. It's awesome. The angels, I just could see it. But do you know his presence? Do you recognize his voice? So you're going to know his provision? Yeah, you got that one. You're all excited about that. <laughs> and his power. Oh, wait till the miracles start popping out everywhere. Then you're going to know his presence. Like you're going to know that you carry his presence. The tangible presence of God with you. Wherever you go. Like what is this about you? I remember doing a corporate thing, which I kind of do. I do this with unbelievers, with people that are hungover, people that are stoned. People on boards, and that's in boardrooms. <laughs> and they've, it just happens, you know, and they're just like, yeah, you're talking about this, but where are you coming from? Because all I can do, I can help, because joy is part of my message, as some of you might know. And I try to, all I can, but for unbelievers, look, I can, all I can do, I'm sorry, but all I can do is get you to be happy. I can't get you to be joyful. Because you, got, you can't have that unless you've got Jesus. But I don't tell them that. I just, but they start asking, okay, you're telling us about happiness, but that's not where you're doing. That's not what you're doing. What are you doing? And I have to tell them, okay, you asked. <laughs> well, I'm working from joy. You're all got to work towards happiness, but a believer works from joy. Is that true? And we don't work towards his presence. We carry his presence. We're not, you know, we, we live a life because we have provision. That's why we're generous. Is that true? We're not overwhelmed by difficulty because we got power. Is that true? Mm, okay, that's another sermon. The, the boys will, and the girls will. And then the, th the th fourth one is this. So we've got provision, yeah, power. I'm so proud of myself doing this like this. You've got presence, yeah. And what's the fourth one? I haven't given it yet. Purpose. Your purpose. It was, if you get through the, to the one kings, it's Elisha's kind of in this compressed kind of space, 17, 18, 19, 20. 
1 Kings, 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. And he thinks he's washed up. But God goes, you know what, Elijah? You've got to go anoint this king, this king, and this prophet. Let me tell you something. You have a purpose. You need to get about it. And it starts now. Are you hearing me? I want to drop one more thing onto you. Is that cool? See, Elijah was all depressed thinking he was like really struggling in that he was, he said this, I'm the only one ever made, ever said that prayer. No one else, no one else, no one else God has gone through what I'm going through. No one else God has laid down their life like I do for you. No, you know, we've all probably been there. But the Lord's answer to him is this. You know what, Elijah? There's 7,000 prophets that you don't know about. Let me tell you this, Lauren. God is doing 7,000 things for you you do not know about. Oh, that's, that's a good word right then. You know, for each and every one of you, Natalie, God is doing 7,000 things that you don't know about. 7,000, seven, who can even count the 7,000? <laughs> Who's even got $7,000? It's amazing. Who's even got, you know, 7,000, 7,000. 7,000 things you don't know about. And you want a word. And really, if I was to give you a word, it's probably just pointing out maybe only one of the 7,000 things that God is already doing in your life and is setting up for you and doing that. 7,000 things, that's crazy, isn't it? 7,000 things, Dustin, 7,000 things that God is doing you don't got no idea about. You should never be depressed ever again after this message. You should never be without hope. You should never ever think, oh, woe is me. Because right now, God is doing and has always been doing 7,000 things that you don't know. And even if you would have found out the 7,000 things that he's been up to, guess what? There's another 7,000 things that you don't know about yet. Holy smoke. Come on. Is that Texan for, come on? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, that's really good? Yeah, okay, I get it. I thought you wanted me to go over there. So. <laughs> All right. Let me say, I've said the lighthouse thing, hey. But I know this, there's new beginnings for many of you. There's a whole new season and and new beginnings for many of you, yes. A whole new seasons for many of you. It's a new season, darling. This guy with a man bun, a new season. You're up on the slide, hey, you're some celebrity here or something, are you? (laughs) But there's a new season for you, there's a new season. New season, this couple, your black t-shirt, yeah, you're cute. Do you know this band you're holding hands with? You're very, she's really friendly, isn't she? I hope you know her. <laughs> Who is she to you? Hopefully. Oh, you're married. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's like, 
New beginnings, hey. It's almost like that, the couple behind you again. I hope you're a couple, I'm just guessing. Yes, you're nodding, that's good. You are, new beginnings. You just want to throw. Oh, new beginnings, Steve. Just go up this road. Oh, new beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings, darling. New beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings. John the Baptist there sitting there grinning at me. Yeah, new beginnings, new beginnings. Is this your family, sir, with the glasses? You've got a little girl with red T-shirt. Yes. This is your family. Man, there's something quite spectacular about to unravel. I see the Lord unraveling something in front of you, something you've been praying for, something opportunity that's about to happen. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. I don't know what, what your work. It's like real estate, it's something like that. I, don't know, I hate getting too specific because then everybody wants me to be specific. And I'm not getting on that train, let me tell you. But God, yeah, yes, there's provision. Amen. Amen. This with a great hair, darling. So I'm trying not to sin and be envious, hey. But God is really sits on you big time, really rests on you. And you're carrying something. It's almost like I could say you're, you're conceiving something even in this season, which is God is speaking to you about. And it's all about yes for you, okay? It's green lights, green lights, stop waiting for green lights, okay? It's green lights, go. That's it's the same here, isn't it? Green means go. Otherwise, we've been in real trouble, Trevor, for driving around. You know. <laughs> Ready to stop, hey. You drive on the wrong side of the road, you crazies. It's like, mm. Anyway, oh, I need to, I'm hungry. Is anyone else hungry? <laughs> Limehouse. Oh, Judah, Judah, you're, where's Nathan? I saw Nathan. Nathan up there. Is that, you're going to start to stir something up, Nathan. It's like, I could almost say that you're a stirrer in the strength that she has. It's not like she's weak. She is strong and to be strong. Yeah, that's the word. She is strong, so be strong in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good word. Hey, who wants to be strong? Well, then be strong. Come on. <laughs> this, I'm just going to, I don't know, um, floral shirt. Yeah, yeah, you with the pretty girl beside you. Who's that? You don't know. <laughs> Man, you're sitting, that's a move, hey. <laughs> Faint heart never won a fair maiden. That's what my dad used to say to me, hey. It is this, and I don't know, you're in a relationship? If you put a ring on it? Oh, come on. Because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, darling, your ring, like, glowing, like your wedding ring. God is doing something pretty spectacular in your marriage. Believe me, I'm not saying it was bad or good, but God is doing something there. I wish I could, but it's going to shine, it's going to be bright, and it's going to stand out to other people and bring hope. Like so many, there's so much brokenness around that people, having a good marriage brings a lot of hope to people, hey? Isn't that good? And there's a dream. A dream in you that God is, has had there since you were a little girl of a home and like, like there's things of how you'd like your life to be, okay? And that's, I tell you, 
within three years, that's all going to come together, okay? Don't get too excited about that, will you, darling? You're not giving me anything. <laughs> so, but God's doing something great in your relationship. Is that cool? Okay. I just want, I want to give you this testimony, and then I'm, then I'm out, okay? Is that, and it's really encouraged me, because uh, I rang a church leader in our nation who sort of runs, we're part of what, what's called the Australian Christian Churches. I don't know what all the other churches are, but we're the Christian ones. <laughs> it's kind of insulting to everyone else, I suppose. It's like how to make friends and influence people in Australia. And I had this word, people are leaving. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Do you want a word? If I get a word, will you stay? No one else is going to move now, are you? <laughs> Bless you, God. Yeah. Is, anyway, where was I? And I rang this guy. His name Paul's Paul Bartlett. He's been in the same church since he was born in that church. And he's, his father-in-law was the founder of that church. And now he's been pastoring it for about the last 30 years or something. And I rang him and said, Paul, you're not going to be the senior pastor of that thing anymore. You're not to do that. You've got to stop. It was very specific. It was very specific. And I said it in the witness of other elders in our movement. You know, like this is like, and I'm thinking, God, why can't I get the words that like God's going to bless you and do things? It's like, no, you're going to move from here to there. God's going to do some things. So he goes, oh, Mars, that's really very interesting that you would say that. You know, like, I'm going to leave my church and do... You know, I told him about, you know, that God was going to do some stuff with him with the nations about the community, about building communities all around the world. Thinking, I don't even know how that's even going to work out. So he leaves the meeting and he goes and prays, which is a very good thing if you've gotten a word. So who knows that? He says, God, and this is what he said, God, if Moses really is a prophet, you're going to, you're going to show me who the young couple is that you're going to, that's going to lead my church and lead my community of the wing. It's a good church of about, I don't know, a couple of thousand people, hey. And a massive, actually, his community wing of his church is bigger than his church. And they've had a $2.5 million debt for years, can't get rid of it. They've bought property. If you're in business, who knows that when you have an overdraft, it's like that thing could sit around for years. Is that true? Okay, some of you don't know that, but anyway. A $2.5 million debt. Couldn't, you know, it would all, no matter how much they'd buy other buildings, do stuff, at the end of the year, $2.5 million, you're in the red. So he goes, Mars, Lord, if Mars is right, you'll pay that off. Two weeks later, just in a normal service, a family tithes. Not a special offering, not a missions offering, just a 10 percenter. $3.5 million. So God's going to do something great. God's going to do something great. <laughs> I reckon you're going to get a building. I don't think you're going to build one. Let me say this. I think you're going to, you're going to, get a, you're going to take over something or merge with something. You're going to 
have a ready-made thing to do because you're, you're not about building a building. You're about planting churches. Do you understand that? And while you do that, God will take care of the other things. Amen? So how about we stand to our feet? I'm getting the single, the signal. You can do that for a while. Okay, sit down. No, no. <laughs> All right, who needs... Who, who, who really needs provision? You haven't got that. You need a revelation of that. Really, that's what that is. It's a revelation of His provision. So Father, I just release that word over people. I release provision. I release provision. I release provision. This is what I want you to put your hand on your heart. If you've got your hands up, I want you to and say this. Say this. I'm loaded. <laughs> I'm loaded. Amen. Amen. Who wants to, who needs a miracle? Well, we bless you in Jesus. Who wants to do miracles? Oh, now we're talking. Father, we pray right now that we'd see miracles. We'd raise the dead, cast out demons. We'd see crazy people become sane. We'd see great things happen. We'd see the miraculous. Shane, you're going to see harvest. You're going to see a harvest, man. You're going to see such a harvest. Who would ever thought that a prophet would harvest? But only Shane Mann and the prophet would do that sort of thing. But you're about to see harvest, 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 harvest. Like I can see you harvesting people, things, just harvesting in Jesus' Name. God's power, God's power. But believe me, I'm more excited. I'm more excited about God doing miracles through you than me demonstrating and putting on a show for you. Is that true? Come on. I want to encourage you to do it. Just you know how you know what you know how you how people get healed? Praying for them. You know how people get saved? Witness to them. It's amazing. Come on. You understand that maybe there could be in this room the next, like a Catherine Kuhlman, but you're waiting for somebody to tap you on the head. You know what I mean? Just go start praying. Every person I know that really has a great, powerful ministry, they literally practiced. Until it became permanent. You're going to carry His presence, amen. You're not leaving His presence. We've come here to celebrate His presence. But now you're going to take His presence into dark places. Is that true? You're going to take His presence with you. Where's the Prince of Peace live? Here. Is that true? His presence. And Father, I pray that You would release and step every person here into their purpose. In Jesus' Name. The reason why they are here is to make You look good. (laughs) 
right now, Lord. I pray purpose to not be a mystery, not to be a, a, a vague concept to them, but them to know that they are in your purpose now. Right centre, right centre of your purpose. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Come Holy Spirit. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Oh man, something's happening. In Jesus' Name. Are you the guy, are you the missionary guy? Are you went on the mission trip? Well, let's just bring, let's just pray. I get a bit excited. But you're blessed, hey. <coughs> Father, I just thank you for Sozo and all that it carries and all that it is. We bless it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Man, I say that name over you and something happens. Father, I thank you for Jesus. Jesus being in them, carrying them, blessing them, providing for them, anointing them, using them. Father, I pray that Lord, each and every one, each and every one minister in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen, amen.